Um, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Just, I am going to do my best to just tell you what's on my heart. In my, in my Bible reading today, there was a passage of scripture that just really stood out to me. And I really felt like there was something here that the Lord wanted to say to us out of this. And um, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to, um, in fact, Brother Goff, it's probably the scriptures that I gave you. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, don't completely throw them away. There's a few there I probably will use, but I, I really am, I'm just going to try to follow the Holy Ghost here tonight. Because I do feel like, I really feel like God wants to say something to us tonight. And, and look, we are living in, in troublesome and perilous times. And, and the greatest peril, listen, the greatest peril. All right. Um, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Just, I am going to do my best to just tell you what's on my heart. In my, in my Bible reading today, there was a passage of scripture that just really stood out to me, and I really felt like there was something here that the Lord wanted to say to us out of this, and um, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to, um, in fact, Brother Goff, it's probably scriptures that I gave you yeah yeah don't 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 completely throw them away there's a few there I probably will use but I, I really am I'm just going to try to follow the Holy Ghost here tonight because I do feel like I really feel like God wants to say something to us tonight and and look we are living in in troublesome and perilous times and and the greatest peril listen the greatest peril is, is not the danger, the physical danger. The greatest peril is that if we're not careful as saints, we'll get caught up in it. That's the greatest danger. We'll, we'll allow ourselves to. And I, I, I have to check myself because I do. I get stirred up. I'm, I'm, I love this country. I'm passionate about this country. Does America have problems? You better believe it's got problems. But I'm going to tell you this. It's still the greatest country on the face of the earth. Well, I can't figure out if socialism is so great, why aren't, they, why aren't they beating the doors down to go to socialist countries? And if America's so bad, i got to be careful. Keep a good spirit. Help me, Jesus. I want my spirit right. I told you, I get caught up in it because I love this country. I, I, I don't excuse the flaws of the past, the failures in our history. I don't overlook any of them. But I'm going to tell you, all in all, it's still the greatest country on the face of the earth. And for all of the things that it's done wrong, 
The one thing about America that I can tell you is that eventually it recognizes its own wrong and it turns it around. At least it has up until this point. And it tries to make things right. Sometimes it's a slow process, but you don't turn a big ship around on a dime. You got over 300 million people. It's not going to change between now and 24 hours from now. I don't care who's in the White House. It's not going to happen. It's just going to take time. But we've got to be careful that we don't get too caught up in the spirit of this world. Because it would do. We're going to lose sight of what we're really here for. And um, so I, I'm, I'm, just going to, I'm just going to try tonight to, to preach what's on my heart. And I, I'm glad they've got the live stream fixed. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that there are some folks that are not here tonight that are listening online. Because I do feel like that what I've got to say tonight applies to more than just those that are here. And I've explained this before. Those of you that have been here for a while have heard me tell the story. But Elder Mays, early in my pastorate, as, as a young man, I took my first church. I was 24 years old. There was a, a Wednesday. I was praying, seeking God. God gave me a message of judgment for a backslider. And I couldn't get away from it. That night, I walked in. There was no backslider in the house. And, and I tried to feel after God. I thought I had to miss it. I had to, anyhow, make a long story short, I, I couldn't get away from it. I got up and preached. All the saints are looking around trying to figure out if I'd lost my mind or what was going on. And, um, but I preached. And then we got the call. It was less than, less than 36 hours later of a backslider tragically killed and I felt like the Lord impressed me and said I dealt with him to come to church and I wanted you to deliver that message it's his fault he didn't hear it but you delivered the word of God and so sometimes I'm convinced sometimes the message is not even necessarily for anybody that's here I do believe this one is for people that are here. But I also believe there are people that are not here, and I'm hoping they're listening online that need to hear what I'm going to say tonight. Hallelujah. Because I want to help somebody. I want to help somebody tonight. I'm not, I'm not here with a message of judgment tonight. I want to help somebody tonight. Well, praise God. Matthew chapter 12. And I've got 30 minutes, so you get the Reader's Digest condensed version tonight. Some of you don't even know what that is. I keep forgetting how much the world has changed. I don't, Brother Self, I don't guess they've got a Reader's Digest condensed version app, do they? If they don't have an app, the young people have no clue what it's all about. Us old fogies, we know what that's all about, but that, that was a that, that was a big deal back when I was young. 
you know, these books would come out and Reader's Digest would, would condense them for us. And, and, and you didn't have to read the whole book, but you got the idea of what was in it. And, uh, and so that's what you're going to get tonight. You're not going to get the whole book. You just get the condensed version. Praise God. Matthew chapter 12. This is what I was reading this morning and just felt something in my spirit. Matthew 12, verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts, and he always does. Oh, Lord, I, help me tonight, Jesus. Um, in spite of what our words are, he knows our thoughts. In spite of what our actions are, he knows our thoughts. Because sometimes our words and our actions are not reflective of our thoughts. That's another lesson for another night, but it's, it's the truth. Um, Jesus knew their thoughts, and he said unto them, he said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. But if I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come unto you. And then notice verse 29, Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man? And then he will spoil his house. Now, the setting, of, and, and I know you're standing, the setting of this is Jesus cast out a devil. And the Pharisees, the religious folks, are saying that he did it by, obviously saying that he did it by the power of Satan. And they didn't want to say it out loud, but they thought it. And Jesus knew that they thought it, and so he began to tell them. You know, that's kind of a crazy thought you got going on there in your head. Let's think this thing through, guys. The devil, if the devil's casting out the devil, and he's got a divided house, and any house that's divided against itself is just simply not going to stand. It's not going to last. And so the whole concept here is about casting out devils. Are you with me? And then he says in verse 29, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man? Now who in that context would be the strong man? We're talking about casting out devils. We're talking about getting rid of demonic spirits. So the strong man of whom Jesus speaks here, he's talking about the devil. And he said, how, how, how could one go into his house and spoil his goods? See, he's laid claim to the heart, the mind, the soul of some individual. And how do we go in and reclaim that? unless we first bind that 
strong man. But once we bind that strong man, then he will spoil his house. If you can get the master of that house bound, you can take anything he's got. You render him helpless if you can get the strong man bound. Oh, Jesus, help me tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost here. I want to preach to you for just a few moments tonight from this thought, from victim to victor. From victim to victor. Would you pray with me right now? Let's take just a moment. Let's ask God to, to allow his word to have free course and let it speak to the hearts of those who need to hear it tonight. Let's everybody talk to the Lord for just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Let's praise the Lord for just a moment, everybody. Let's praise God for just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen, amen. I love you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, I, I have to kick this thing into overdrive now. 27 minutes and counting until we hit magic hour. Amen. Elder Mays, this is, this is what they've heard me say. I, I, I tried to pastor in a place one time, and I used the word tried because I never did succeed. But while I was there, I learned that 9 o'clock during midweek service was magic hour. It didn't matter if I was in the middle of the sentence. When it hit 9 o'clock, they got their jackets on, they're getting their purses together, it's time to leave the service. And, and so that was magic hour. Same thing happened at noon on Sunday morning. It was just magic hour. I mean, the, the anointing leaves, everything's gone, it's time to go home. And so don't even try to, to move us after that. It's just, it's done. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, so I, I'm, I'm rushing against magic hour tonight. Amen. But I, I want to tell you tonight, I want to try to get something across to you tonight that I felt so strongly in my spirit. Amen. Jesus begins to talk about the casting out of demons and the binding of devils, which obviously is what the Lord wants his church to do. I'm telling you, Jesus never intended for us to be pushed around and kicked around, amen, and put down by the power of the enemy. It's never been the plan of God for us to be cowering in fear with every spirit of hell that raises its ugly head. Hallelujah. I remember hearing my pastor say one time he was preaching in the Philippines and he was preaching I think three or four times a day several days and he said he was just wore out and, and one evening he finally was able to go back to the room where he was uh, trying to, to sleep and he said he laid down and, and he said he laid there for a minute and he felt something. 
And he said he opened his eyes. And he said there was this dark form hovering over him. And he knew, he knew it was a demonic spirit. You know what he did, Brother Goff? He said, devil, I'm too tired to mess with you right now. I'm going to sleep. And he said he just rolled over and went to sleep. Most of us would have been up screaming, running out of the room. Well, you know what? The devil's biggest, biggest tool is fear. He gets us afraid, and then when you're afraid, you don't know what to do. But God never intended for his people to live in fear of the devil. I don't want to get ahead of myself tonight. Amen. But I'm going to tell you, it's the will of God. Amen. That every spirit that rises up against us, uh, that we know how to bind the strong man. It's the will of God that we have it in our heart uh, that we are not going to cower down uh, and we are not going to succumb uh, and we are not uh, going to be the victim uh, of what the devil wants to do in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Even so, we... I'm going to tell you, this is what I felt. This is, again, I, we I, could, were children. I could spend some time building up. Children. I'm just going to cut to the chase tonight. I'm we're in bondage. Get to the punchline tonight. I want to tell you what I felt. I want to tell you what I felt this evening. I just felt this. We've got a big problem in Pentecost. Amen. My concern, my contention is that far too many apostolics are themselves bound and they therefore cannot bind anything. They're living their lives bound by spirits, bound by fear, bound by torment, bound by bitterness, bound by any number of things that are going on in the world around them. And listen to me, honey, as long as you're bound, you're not going to bind the devil. You're going to have to go from being a victim to being a victor if you really want to see what God wants you to see in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you say, but I'm a child of God. How is that even possible? We are going to read a couple of these verses. Uh, Galatians chapter 4, verse 3. Listen to this. Even so, now listen. We, when we were what? When we were what? Now, now you know, you, you make much of a study of Paul's writings and he chooses his words carefully. We're in bondage a man that, that, under the elements that, uh, of the world. Held to the same philosophy that I do that words mean things. Words mean things. And he didn't just toss the word children around lightly. Especially, especially in Galatians. Because in Galatians, he's writing to a bunch of people, and I'm throwing money around. Hallelujah. It's my 10 cents worth. Hallelujah. Book of Galatians, he's dealing with people that uh, they're, they're being tormented by folks who want to return them to Judaism. Even though they're Christians, they want to put them back under the Jewish law. 
and make them follow all of the Jewish law in order for Stand them to be fast, saved. Therefore, and so throughout the, the book of Galatians, Christ Paul keeps talking about the difference between the children amen, of, of Sarah and the children of Hagar. He talks about this term children a lot. And now he's talking here, even so we, when we again, were children, he's talking here a term of family. And he says we us. were in children, but while we were children, what, what did he say? We were in bondage under the elements of this world. I want you to notice tonight uh, that it's possible to be children, uh, a man of God, and still be in bondage. I'm not saying you're devil possessed, but I'm telling you the devil knows how to bind you up. He knows how to tie your hands. He knows how to shackle your feet. He knows how, amen, to control your thoughts so you cannot be effective. And as children of God, you can be in bondage. That's not the will of God for us. Let's go to chapter 5 and verse 1 and see the end of the conclusion here. Yeah. Here's what we need to understand, children of God, is that there is a liberty that is available to us. Christ has made us free. And we've got to get free. Amen. We don't need to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. We don't need to allow ourselves to get back under those same old chains that keep holding us back, that keep dragging us back. Oh, God, help me tonight. I wish I wasn't in such a hurry, but I'm going to tell you, I'm disturbed that I see so many apostolics that just keep running back to the same old problems, the same old habits, the same old sins, the same old things. They keep going back to the same old bondage. Amen. I'm here to preach to somebody tonight. It's time, amen, for you to quit being a victim and become a victor. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm trying to be careful tonight. I'm trying to be careful tonight. Because I know... Not everybody agrees with my perspective. And everybody, this is America. And so you've got a right to your own perspective. Or in other words, you don't agree with me, you've got every right to be wrong. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you why we are where we are in America right now. We have come to this point. Because, Jesus help me tell we've come to this point because parents and educators have raised entire generations with a victim mentality. It's right. It ain't about right, it is right. We've taken away trophies for succeeding. Everybody gets the same trophy for participation. We don't want to give you grades. We just give you E for effort or whatever. I don't know. What nonsense. 
See, you're a victim. And so we're raising people. The world's against you. This one is against you. And that one is against you. And, and people are beat down to the place that they grow up with this feeling that I'm a victim. But somewhere in your life, you need to look around and realize, hey, wait a minute. Somebody else had the same situation I had, and they overcame it. I'm going to tell you, if you're a victim, it's your fault. It's not society's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. Because you have got the ability to overcome your circumstance. You've got the ability to, oh, it may take more work. It may take more effort. You may have to fight a little harder. But you can overcome. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm sick of athletes and artists and movie stars telling us how oppressed they are. They got more money in their piggy bank than I've ever seen in my life. Don't tell me you're oppressed. Don't feed me that garbage. You're not oppressed. I know, I know, I know. Listen to me. I'm just telling you, here's the deal. Somewhere in their life, they decided to get on top of the situation. Somewhere in their life, they decided, I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to get on top of things. I am going to be different. And I'm, I'm not here to get into all of that tonight. And if that upsets you, come see me. Don't talk about it in the shadows somewhere. Come talk to me face to face. But I'm going to tell you, the same attitude gets in the church. Well, the preacher's against me. And this person's against me. And, and Sister Goff won't use me. And, and Sister Riggin won't use me. And everybody's against me. I want to tell you, honey, you got to get rid of that victim attitude. you got to become a victor. attitudes get in their mind well I'll never be used in that church well I'll never amount to anything in that church you want to know if you're not there's one reason why you're not because you have got a victim mentality but I'm telling you if you'll just put forth a little effort find something to do in the kingdom of God Oh, God help me. I'm feeling a little bit too reckless tonight. I, I'm feeling a little bit too reckless tonight. But I'm on a mission. Amen. I'm telling you, church, we're pressing our way through to revival. But we'll never have revival as long as we feel like we're, we are victims. And we can't get ahead. And everybody's against us. And nobody likes me. You better get over that, honey. You better find you an altar and pray through that attitude. There's a devil for us to defeat. There are spirits for us to bind.
Some of us have taught lessons on learning to make war. Some of you hadn't yet picked up a weapon because you got it in your mind. You're a victim. You're a victim. They're against me. They don't like me. Brother Mays, you've spent enough years pastoring. You've probably seen the same things I've seen. I've watched people who show up to church late and they leave early and then they complain, nobody speak to me. I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not making jokes. I'm telling you the truth. It happens. People won't speak to me. Well, dear God, get here when you're supposed to be here. And stay a few minutes when you're dismissed. Somebody might just speak to you. Oh, God, help me. If we have... I need you to love me. All right, all right. Just making sure somebody still be with me when I get done tonight. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. That's what the devil wants us to do. Now, now look. I, Sometimes the only way that we can really get a point across is to go to the extremes and show you the extremes of it all. But my point is this. We can get a mentality. We can get a mindset that convinces us that there's no hope for us, that there's no way that we're we ever going God, to do anything. Little children. And, and the and devil just overcome beats it into them. us. And he beats it into us. You know why he wants you to feel that way? Because if you ever really get a revelation of the power you've got and the fact that with Christ on the inside of you, you are not a victim, you're a victor, he knows he's going down. So what he's got to do is get in your mind and convince you there's no hope. There's no way. There's no way for you to climb the ladder. There's no way for you to get ahead. There's no way. for me. This is not in the notes. First John 4, 4. Because greater is he is that is in you in you need than he that is in the world. I know you know it. Most of you can quote it. But again, I don't want you just quoting it. I don't want you just quoting it. I want you to believe it. I want you to live it. What's it say? Uh-huh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Look, you know, I like this. I like the fact that it's in the past tense. In other words, John is saying this. It's a settled fact. It's not a matter of, you know, you might be able to overcome. There's a possibility... That's not what he's saying. Because of the statement he's about to make, he's declaring it's already done. You just got to realize it. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I don't care what the devil is. 
I don't care what the attitude is. I don't care what the spirit is. I don't care how much somebody hates you. I don't care how much somebody despises you. I don't care how much somebody turns against you. I'm telling you, there's somebody greater on the inside of you and you have overcome if you'll let the one on the inside take over. I don't want to embarrass this young man for anything. I love this young man. I am so thankful he's here, and I mean that. But you and I had a conversation one day about a job situation. And I had you look up the scripture, write it down, put it in your billfold. Remember what that scripture was? You still have it in your billfold. Let's have a talk after church, all right? I'm going to tell you something, Jerome. And I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it now, and again, I'm not trying to embarrass you. But I'm going to tell you the biggest problem that you've got is that you have let other people convince you that you're worthless. You've let other people convince you that you can't do things. And that's what our conversation was all about. And I was talking to him about a job. And again, I don't want to embarrass you, son. And you know that. You know I love you. I was talking to him about a job. And he said, but I can't do that, pastor. I can't. I said, no, 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 wait. I want you to get the scripture. He says, I can do all things through Christ. Through Christ. I said, I want to ask you something. This job that you don't think you could handle, could Christ handle it? Yes, sir. Well, then why don't you let Christ get the job? Hallelujah. Jerome, don't listen to the negative voices that want to keep telling you you're no good, that want to keep telling you you can't live for God, that want to keep telling you you got to give in to your flesh. Don't listen. You don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor. There's something down on the inside of Jerome Johnson that wants to rise up and put the devil under your feet. I wish somebody would get an attitude that instead of saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Everybody's putting me down. I wish somebody would say, you know what? I'm going to show them. I'm going to show that devil. I got another one for you. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. I got six minutes. I got another one for you. Go to the book of Exodus chapter one. And, uh, I believe it's verse 12. Exodus chapter 1. Now this is the children of Israel. They've been in Egypt for quite a while. You know, they, they had a pretty good, uh, had a pretty good thing going on there for a while. Oh, oh, Joseph, you know. Now, if anybody could have had a victim mentality, Joseph could have. I mean, look at how he got treated. Why, he was sold as a slave. He was a victim of the hatred of his brother. 
And then as a slave, he's just doing the very best he can do. And here comes some, whatever. And uh, she lies on him. He's a victim, Brother Mays. He goes to prison for something. Here's an innocent man sitting behind bars. And he could have sat there and sucked his thumb and felt sorry for himself. He could have made him some picket signs. Well, I got to be careful. He could have felt sorry for himself. But he was not buying into the victim mentality. And then, one day he's sitting on the throne. Second in command. The most powerful kingdom in the world. He went from being a victim to being a victor. Because he kept his attitude right. Because he didn't look at himself as a victim. He saw in himself what God had seen in him. The more they multiplied and grew. So they had a pretty good haul there for a while. Joseph sitting on the throne, you know. I mean, he brought his family down. They grew, they multiplied. Things are going good for a long time. And then Joseph's dead and his brothers are dead. And, and, and we go several generations down the line here. And that Pharaoh's gone. Another Pharaoh's here and he's gone. And, and on it goes until somebody rises up on the throne, doesn't know anything about the story of Joseph, and doesn't know anything about what happened back there. And all they know is we got these strangers living in the land. If we're not careful, they're going to rise up and overthrow the government. We better do something about it. So we're going to put them into slavery. We're going to bind them. And we're going to get out the whips. And we're going to treat them as dirty as we can. We're going to treat them like less than people. And they could have adopted a victim mentality. But I love what happened. Did I get the right verse? Exodus 1 and 12, what's it say? But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. We are the not victims. Joyful and we are the children of God. So bring out your whips. Heads. Bring out your taskmasters. Do what you want to do, Pharaoh. We are not victims. We're going to come out on top. We are going to come out on top. God's got his hand on us, and that changes everything. I'm preaching tonight to, to somebody. I'm telling somebody, you got to change your mindset. you got to get rid of that victim mentality and say, I am not a victim. I am a victor. Let's stand. Musicians, come. i got two minutes to close. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hands to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. Honor. Have all his saints. Now this is verse 5. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, 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 not let them lay and cry and feel sorry for themselves and talk about what terrible victims they are. Oh, God, deliver us of that victim mentality. Come on, true church. I'm preaching to you tonight. I don't care how many years we've fought devils. I don't care how many times we've been up right at the brink of revival and gone back. We don't need to adopt a victim mentality and say it's never going to happen. we got to get a hold of something that says this time's going to be different. This time we're going to rise up. Read, read, read. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And here's what's going to happen. They'll execute vengeance on the heathen and punishments upon the people. They're going to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. I don't care what your name is. I don't care what your color is. I don't care what your position is. This honor have all the saints. All the saints. All the saints. I'm going to tell you, you come into church, amen, and the devil starts saying, oh, you don't deserve to worship. Listen to me, Jerome. The devil wants to tell you, you don't deserve to worship. You don't deserve to shout. You got too many things in your past. You got too much in your history. But I'm here to tell you, all the saints have got the same honor bestowed on them. And if you feel like running the aisles, son, you run the aisles. If you feel like dancing, you dance. If you feel like shouting, you shout. Because when you do, you're buying you're going from being a victim to being a victor how let's praise it what the devil wants he wants when you walk into a service he wants you to believe you're a victim you're a victim to something you're a victim to someone because he knows if you ever get the high praises of God in your mouth and you ever latch on to the two edged sword that's going forth he knows what the end result of that's going to be and it ain't going to work out well for him he knows it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are it doesn't matter where you've been he knows that's a promise to all the saints that's a promise to all the saints hallelujah 
Amen. And I'm telling you, in one service, you can go from being a victim to being a victor if you'll just learn. The next time you walk in this place and you feel bound, why don't you turn the tables on the devil? Why don't you just turn the tables on the devil and say, devil, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of listening to what you've got to say. Watch me make a lap tonight. Watch me run these aisles tonight, devil. I want you to see. And every time I make a lap, I got a chain in my hand. You just stand where you're at. I'm just wrapping it around you again. No more victim for me. Oh, Lord. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We got to break out of this victim mentality. We got to break out of this victim mentality. And understand, I'm not saying it's not going to be harder work for some people than it is others. But it just depends, Brother Mays. What do you want to do? Do you want to spend the rest of your life living as a slave? Or would you like to have some freedom? As for me in my house, I'll just crawl my way up. And if the ladder breaks, I'll build me another one. And if that one breaks, I'll find out, is there anybody up there to help me? If not, I'll just build another one. But I'm not staying in this pit. I'm not staying in this hole. I'm not going to sit around and be depressed. Not when the one that's in me is greater than anything this world can throw at me. All right, look, I'm five minutes over. Here's what I'll do. I will promise you that I'll take five minutes off of a message somewhere after I retire. But I ain't retired yet. Hallelujah. Praise God. I heard a story about a farmer. His best donkey fell down in a well. It was a dry well. The farmer tried everything, didn't know how to get him up out of there. Finally decided there wasn't no hope, I'll just bury him. So he took a shovel and just threw some dirt down there. Watch that donkey just kind of shake himself a little bit. So he got another shovel full and he threw it down. Donkey shook himself again. After a while, the farmer realized what's going on. Donkey's shaking that dirt off his back, taking a step up. Farmer kept shoveling, trying to bury the donkey. The donkey wasn't going to be buried. He was taking that dirt that was meant to bury him. And he was making a ladder out of it. And it wasn't long till the farmer realized, hey, this is going to work. Because that donkey has decided he's not going to be a victim. He's going to be a victor. Hey, the more they heap on you, why don't you just shake it off and climb up a little higher?